with us here again today on another edition of Heaven and Hell. This is going to be episode two. We just had a 30-minute intro, and now we're going to be talking about whatever it is that is uh, coming to our minds here on this Saturday, but aired on a uh, Sunday afternoon. So uh, we'll start with Brent. Brent, what's going on today? Uh, just uh, another day. Uh, turned 49 today. It's my birthday. Uh, so uh, just came out and... Uh, gonna do some things after the show today, and uh, hopefully it'll be a great day. It started off great so far, so everything's forty nine. I was thinking you were a younger gun. You would have thought wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I did think wrong. You, you had me fooled. I have no kids. That's the thing. <laughs> that's why everyone thinks I'm young. All right, Kate. We'll call you to gray. Cause you to gray faster. I know. Cat, what's going on today with uh, your? life and uh just you know on this i am happy that i see the sun because you know the overcasting and then the rain and the cold i hope it's starting to stay warm that's what i'm excited for i'm tired of the back and forth like one day it's 70 and another day it's 40 and this is nice i like this the rain's been uh you know April rain, but it's really been, you know, arriving in March with the uh, the melting of, you know, the snow, and, you know, then we, we had that, you know, quick week there in the beginning of March where it was, you know, warm for, you know, three or four days, and then we got hit with a blizzard, and then ever since then it's been inconsistent with a, a day of sunshine, but still around the 40s and 50s, and then just this last week we had two days that were frigid. With rain, yeah. I got hail where I was working actually. Same area. Mm-hmm. On Thursday? I, yeah. Yeah. In the morning. I was shocked. Yeah. Because I didn't hear it, and then I looked out the window. I was like, there's ice everywhere. <laughs> I walked out here Thursday morning because nobody showed up for uh, docking, and I kind of gave uh, Echo, Team Echo, the day off. And we, I came out here, and I was like, man, there's, there's ice everywhere. It's cold. And I tried to get this started, and it was you know like frozen so i was like i don't know i'm not you know be having that type of weather doesn't really put anybody in the mood to you know feel motivated when when it's when it's wet and rainy and cloudy outside you know it's it's kind of tough to be motivated very tough some hot tea and a blanket that's what i want (laughs) sleepy time tea yes sleepy time tea (laughs) all right so we're uh we're here on heaven and hell and you know, there's some things happening in politics. There's some things happening in ancient aliens. There's some things happening in, you know, basically what, you know, we, we decide is good and bad. I know for me personally, this week, you know, on Wednesday, the whole day of Wednesday after like 3 o'clock and the, the day of, you know, early Thursday, it was just kind of like tough to, you know, be... You know, I felt like a wave of negative energy at, at, at that time, you know. And negative energy can, you know, really feel like everybody's taking shots at you all at one time. Do you guys ever feel like that? Like you get a wave of negative energy of, like, something like the media or, like, you're not entirely, you know, you know, tuning in the correct way. It's like, you know, you feel like things that are being said in the media are directed towards you does that ever happen to either of you or or is it more like just negative energy from people around i think it's you know <clears throat> the energy I, I think it's it's kind of what you draw what you draw to you you know i mean which which goes back to frame of mind and your feeling for that day and what's going on and if you if you tend to uh you know, be dealing with a lot of things that bring you down or that challenge you or you feel like, you know, you're nearing the end of the rope or whatever. It's heavy on your back. You know, those things are, are going to affect your mood. They're going to affect <clears throat> your decisions throughout the day. And and so I think, you know, if, if, if that's the case, well, then, you know, you, you do have a tendency. We're human to be, you know, kind of on the negative side. So we're going to drawing that negative energy you know it's it's just gonna be um just like i said we're like a magnet when that happens you know and so i had a wave of positive energy after because wednesday was like a sunny day you know 
And there was like, you know, it was my first solo job that I went out and did with one other person and we got the job done. And I, I felt like a wave of good energy. You know, does, does a wave of good energy attract the negative energy? Uh, not all, what, what, can what? I can't say that it does. I mean, I think there's always a balance in the universe if you want to get deep. So I always think that happiness isn't going to be uh, around all day, every day. Um, but I think also that negative energy sometimes or a negative experience can be a learning experience. So sometimes it helps a positive moment feel a little bit more positive. I don't think you can always have total positivity. So does it attract it? I don't know if I can say attract. Well, maybe you can. If you think of magnets, positive and negative, so maybe that's how the universe works. I think. I think. Well, in your case, Joe, it's like, uh, you know, it's work is always kind of like both negative and positive energy. You know, you don't want to be at work. Obviously, you want to be doing something fun. So there's your negative part. But then right along with it, there's that sense of accomplishment that you got the work done. You have a happy customer, or you feel fulfilled that you know you did something so it's uh it's just like everything else it's the balance it's the yin and the yang it's the salt and pepper it's whatever you know it's it's uh they come together so you're saying like you know when you reference yin and yang you know like the uh you know a traditional style of yin and yang is um black and white and in the black half, there's a white dot. And in the white half, there's a black dot. Does that, does that mean, like, whatever you attribute to being the negative, does that mean, like, no matter how much bad energy is around you, you know, the, uh, the positive or the negative, no matter how much good energy is around you, somebody could still be negative. You know, saying like the the dots in the middle of the yin and the yang, you know, somebody is either internally feeling the good or they're internally feeling the bad, even though they're surrounded by the the opposite force. That's one way of looking at it. You could look at it at a different way, like within the bad, there's that portal to the good. Within the good, there's the portal to the bad. It's, it, I think it's almost like something that you have to. Uh, you know, have an understanding that if you're in that bad, you can find that portal to the good. I guess that's the silver lining. Whereas if you're all in the good and maybe you're relishing in it too much or you are thinking too much that, you know, this is because of me or whatever, that can take you to that bad place too because that's bad. Yeah, that's how I see it. There's always a little bit of bad in the good and there's always a little bit of good in the bad. That's how I've always seen it. Okay, so, you know, when, when we feel negative waves or negative, you know, energy, we just have to, you know, find that portal that takes us to the, the, the good energy that we generally like to feel. Because we, we talked about it on the last episode, the, the dislike button, you know, and I said, you know, oh, people don't really like that. But, you know, it's like that, that's people sending you good energy. And it's people saying, yeah, I, I like this part of your life. I like this, you know, what you have going on in this profile picture, what you have going on in this, um, you know, statement. You know, when people do that, they're, they're sending you their good energy. And that, that builds people up. I once made a comment a while ago that, you know, um, when we receive a whole bunch of these things, you know, followers, likes or something, it's like fuel, you know, it fuels somebody because, you know, I've never been one to get a lot of likes or a lot of follows or anything like that. But, you know, I know when I, I get like two or three, it's like, I feel good. I, I don't, that's just, that's just me. Kat's over here laughing. She's like, well, I'm used to getting 60, 70. No. <laughs> No, but I think that is a, a mentality, and that's why people thrive on social media, because they want that feeling of, uh, you like what I like, too, or it just feels like maybe an acceptance, or maybe it feels just like a reward, like you like my picture, or this is cool, or 
Um, let's say, like, what, for example, if I were pregnant and I took a picture of an ultrasound and just sharing that joy with everybody else just uplifts you. And I think people look for that. And social media is a great tool for people to do that. But there's also some negativity when it comes to social media, too, because those comment feeds aren't always the nicest things to read. So it comes with its cons, too. Do you guys think that, um, you know, when it comes to social media, do you think that's more of, like, connecting people? Or do you think it's more of a disconnect? As far as, like, youth is concerned and as far as, you know us in general as like talking and pe as people because you know face to face and talking now is different than social media because there's a lot of boundaries barriers and things you have to get through to actually get to the person's true statement and i know that a lot of talk right now in the fake news is what trump is saying about fake news but you know what is the truth and how do people get to that well the truth <clears throat> may never be found you know people are always going to say that this is the truth or that's the truth you know and they could both be right they could both be radically wrong they one could be right one could be wrong it's you know how we as listeners unless the thing i've always been taught that there's always two things when it comes to history which we're talking about whatever happened in the past and that's who makes the history and the one who writes about the history so you know this could be two vastly different things you know i mean you're gonna there's gonna be uh uh some sort of something lost in between the translation unless it's the very person that's writing about what their history is which is almost never happening it's always somebody else that's writing the history kind of what they say about the Bible was all the different books because it's the people's perception of what they saw that was going on. So there's a lot of people that question the Bible because it's like, is that what really happened? Or is that just one's perception from that book? Because you'll have all different accounts of one moment in time, but from five different people. If we want to look at the history and talk about the history of you know, the Bible and what, what it means as in a, a factual, a fiction, non-fiction, and compared to fiction. Um, you know, they say Jesus is a historical figure. They say that, you know, he was alive and he did claim to be the, the son of the Holy Spirit or of God. And, um, you know, it, it really excelled after his death, you know, the story. You know, in, in today's day in society, we kind of do the tributes to people. You know, they do it in the movies, they do it in music, you know, people who pass. And they do their tributes, and then, and then after they're gone, they, they create their, you know, like, ultimate editions. You know, like, chronological, you know, editions. And, excuse me, I'm, my stomach is, you know, I'm drinking Mountain Dew. Um what's it called Mountain Dew black label so it's like it's really rumbling my stomach up a little bit so excuse that if you can hear it if you can't hear it hopefully you're listening to the birds and you like the birds so um, anyways where were we at we were talking about history with Jesus and what the story propelling after the state of the uh, mm -hmm. after the state of you know his death we're talking about the living legacy of of whoever it is it shall be that's know. the trouble with these recordings because when you record something it's like what impact does it have now compared to after after death life after death you know it's like our voices if they're recorded and they're passed on you know in future generations if they do know how to read an mp3 how in the world are they going to perceive this in this moment of time in history compared to you know what their thoughts and perceptions of of this time in history is in the future you know how do we how can we foretell you know how they're going to read something in the future maybe what we read in the bible by the biblical bible is metaphoric metaphorical speaking and that's what they think about when they think about revelations was the fall of the roman empire was the revelations you know that's that's another point to, to talk about what do you guys think i have 
been thinking about revelations for decades and I'm still trying to understand it to this day, trying to decipher um, the literal and the, the metaphors and it, it revelations in itself is just an interesting book in the Bible. Well, I mean, it's, I think you'd be a fool to say that you can't like not look at look revelation with, with, with an intelligence. You have to look at it. You can't, uh, just put it, push it to the side. Too many things are relevant. Too many things are happening. A lot of people were living, think we're living in those end times now, um, with everything going on, with the way the world's going on, the certain directions. People who are in the know know can read certain things that are going down. And even though they're just little bit, little baby steps right now, if you've looked back, you can see like this time frame of these baby steps is getting shorter and shorter so maybe when there was like 10 years or something between a couple things that happened now you're talking 10 months or maybe 10 weeks you know things are just happening more frequently and like I, I you know people can't just dismiss it yeah. you can't just dismiss it you have to look at it intelligently um, it's a possibility as a believer um, you 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 reference this a lot because it has a lot to do with you know the ultimate place of your soul, your faith, what you know what we have always been told heaven or hell really are. You know these are things that it's 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 all affecting it. It's a, it's a very important book, and um, it's you know a lot of people think it's a metaphorical type book, but I don't know. Um, too many things going on. Too ma too many things. You know. Uh, I just say you can't dismiss it. I think you'd be a fool to. And you have to be careful also with who exactly you're listening to when it comes to the Bible, um, because there are a lot of different versions of interpretation. And bottom line is, you just gotta pray on it and just ask ask God for. A, a sign or a message or help to help you understand his word so if you want to listen to the media for example of how they feel about the revelations you can take it in if you'd like but at the bottom line you want to pray on it and ask god for the message so do you still believe that god communicates with humans or he at least he has angels that communicate with humans oh yeah i believe i believe that i believe that through, through prayer um, yeah, you can. Some people believe they have prophetic dreams. Um, so I, be, I believe that if you have that connection, um, then yeah, then it is very possible. I'm not one to deny that. Because it says if you open your heart up to God, um, the Bible, you know, it's like, you know, he, he doesn't ignore his followers. He doesn't ignore... And, you know, if you love your God, he will lead you in the right direction throughout the course of your life. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Joel Olstein Ministries, um, what you guys think about all the, the fans and the followers and all the money and all that type of stuff with, you know, promoting the Word of God, you know, on television and with that many people. But um, I'm just saying, you know... He, he always talks about, you know, if you have faith in your God, you know, be aware of the places he's going to take you. Because he's going to take you somewhere that is, you know, beyond your wildest dreams and imagination, you know. So, I know you two are older than me, um, and... Would you say, you know, on your course of life, uh, with your belief, I, I, don't, I don't understand your guys' belief right now in, in religion. What, are you guys both Christians or? Yeah, I'm a yes. Christian. Christians. Okay. Would you say, Brent, doing a, a show of heaven and hell on your birthday is where you want to be right now? <clears throat> well, I believe that if you are seeking God, you are following Christ, and 
then I believe the Holy Spirit is guiding you daily in anything you're doing, whether it's, you know, whether you're reading the scriptures, I believe, it'll, you know, you'll find something there. The path that you take throughout the day, whether you're going to work or whether you're doing something fun or whatever, at some point there's going to be something that I believe just actually would, would touch on that. To answer your question about today, um, I I don't know if, if, that, if that means something, but it seems like we are discussing these types of things, so obviously it has to mean something. We are discussing this. This is the position we're trying to, you know, get opinion from yourself and from Kat, and um, I believe a lot of uh, uh, dialogue can, can lean to that. Because I believe personally for me, you know, being at this point in my life, for everything I've gone through, everything that's happened, you know, to have two people sitting here right now is truly, you know, I didn't think I'd ever have co-hosts again. I didn't think I'd ever have somebody wanting to contribute on a project with me. That's personally what I thought. And now that I have two people that are interested in this project, this Heaven and Hell Season 3, you know, and, you know, contributing to it, that, you know, makes me feel like, you know, because when I first started this, it was like, you know, repetition after repetition, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. You know, I was constantly trying to prove myself that I still had radio left in me. I still had the, the ability to, to talk on the radio, to carry out uh, commercials, promos. All the history I have with uh, air checks and making mixes on, with music and as background and as talk, it's led me to this point to where I can sit down and I can have two people, you know, contribute on a project with me. And I'm truly grateful that, you know, it wasn't just God or Jesus, but it was a little bit of me, you know, you know, seeking the faith and believing in it. I had to believe in myself before God would grant me two people to share a radio show with. So I'm thankful for that. Have you guys, uh, is your path, you know, rewarded for your belief? Oh, I believe so every day. I think there um, are moments where I think you are you're challenged in your faith uh, always. And then if you make it out in, into the light at the end, then you'll always see your blessing. So I, I think that is very true. Um, and I think there's always a time and a place and a purpose for everything. I believe God has a certain skeleton of your life already planned out with your um, your your choice and free gift of free will that is there. And if you make your good, good choice, you'll get your blessing as long as you keep the faith. He's, there's going to be times where you're challenged by heaven and hell. And as long as you keep your faith in God, he will give you your blessings. Total firm believer on that. Do you believe we all have our own testament? I mean, as in, you know, he tests us. Like, that. in my definition of a testament, it's like God gives everybody on earth a testament, and they either pass or they fail. You know, like, kind of like what we learn in school. Every, ever since growing up, it's like, don't do this, do this. Don't, don't do that, do this. And it's like, you know, you either pass or you fail. And it's like, does it mean, like, you know, our creator gives us our earthly task to either pass or fail and you know the, the question is is do we have faith in his son jesus christ and it's like that's you know you answer that question you know you you say you answer that question on your deathbed and you say yeah i have faith in him but you know it's like what did the works during your life lead up to well what did you work for during your time on earth to to build for the future and we talked about that on the last episode of where we might go after death or basic instructions before we leave Earth. Um, what are you guys's? You guys are looking at me kind of funny, like you don't know what I'm, where I'm going with this, but uh, I'm just kind of thinking to myself, you know. How do we feel about being tested? Yeah, on, on Earth from. Thank from you. God. You saved me right there. <laughs> I was like, I was like drowning. I'm like, oh no. No, um, I actually have an experience from when I was in high school. Uh, I believe that it was one of my biggest tests in in life, and it was a, a time where I was really 
into the church. I committed to the church. I was going on missionary trips. I was on the uh, uh, the the church choir. I was doing the uh, all the little activities that were on the weekends or Thursday nights, Bible study. You you name it. I I wanted to be a part of it, and. Unfortunately, there was a period in my life where something very traumatic happened to our family, and we were tested. Um, obviously, we, we prayed very deeply to get us out of that situation. Um, the church knew about the situation and did something in the name of our tragedy to only benefit them, if that makes sense. I'm trying not to put too much detail into it, but... It something happened where they did it in the name saying that it was going to be for us and it wasn't and it was for them and I think any person in that situation would feel like their faith would have been tested at that moment like so I'm doing all of this good stuff I'm doing discipleship and everything I thought that I was supposed to do as a good Christian but then this happens to me and my family why I don't understand but where I think I came out victorious is that I never blamed God I never got angry at God and I decided you know even though these were people of the church they are still human and that's where I had to mature I'd never got angry at anyone understood that they were human and they make mistakes I did slowly have removed myself from the church as the edifice. I still continue to pray at home, but it was really hard for me to trust going back into church and, and tithe as the traditional tithing you in this in that sense, like putting your money in the basket. Um, I found other ways giving to charity, giving my time, because I really had to sit and reflect on the Bible and find trust in a church home again. But I never got angry at God, and he took his time with me. I just continued to pray, and he showed his patience. And, you know, I'm, I'm good. I see my blessing. I ne I, because I can forgive, I don't have any ill will towards anybody, and I can move on with my life, and that's a blessing. And I've had, you know, he still continues to bless me to this day. And I think because I kept my faith and I never got angry with him, as hard as that was for a very long time, I think that I was blessed. So, so you believe in personal connection with God over the church connection and a group of people, you know, all accumulating to, you know, one person talking about, you know, the inter their interpretation of the Bible and to a, a group of people, you know, th that's that's the traditional, you know, style of church. And, mm -hmm. and you know, they say follow the churches. Mm -hmm. But, you know, me personally, you know, I said I would go to church maybe once once a year for Super Bowl Sunday or something, but, you know, I believe every person has to establish their personal connection with God, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you had your personal connection before you were... Be and, you know, maybe I didn't. Maybe I thought I did, and that experience made my one-on-one -on -one connection with him that much stronger so that now I can go into a church and I... I don't lose that. Maybe I was relying too much on the humans in the church more so than God himself. Even though I thought I had that connection with God, maybe I really didn't. So maybe that's where he kind of, you know, checked me on that. Like, no, don't forget who I am, you so, know. So, so you kind of had a, a revelation at that time. Yeah. Of, of like an awakening to, you know, who is God and who is he to you? Exactly. And, you know, I and I still go to church. My husband and I grew up in, in different faiths. So I grew up Catholic. He grew, he grew up Baptist. And we're raising our children um, as Christians, bottom line. But we introduce them to both so that um, when they're older, they can make the choice if they want to continue in the Catholic church or in the Baptist church. And, uh, you know, and hopefully they that will help them have that connection in whatever way that they choose. I'm pretty sure they'll be tested. I think everyone gets tested at some point in their life, but hopefully, you know, as we're raising them young, not saying my mother did not, I was raised in the Catholic Church, but yeah, I think everyone's going to be tested and that's going to hopefully help them and keep them strong as my mother raised me in the church and it kept me strong. All right, Brent, what, what is your, uh, what is your, relation to uh, your testament? <clears throat> well, uh, 
you know, I grew up in the faith. Uh, my, my mother and family are, we're all Baptist. Um, my mother is, and still is, the church organist. So when your mother's the church organist, you're at every service. You're there every time those doors are open. So I was always at Sunday school, Sunday morning, youth chapel, Sunday evening, Wednesday prayer service, Awana club, if you all know what Awana was back in the day. Um, and then, of course, there was always uh, youth ministry stuff or youth uh, group uh, activities. Um, on top of that, my mother and uh, stepdad had a, a conviction to send me and my brother also to a Christian school. So now, on top of all the other church things, now you have chapel almost every day. You have Bible class every day. Your history classes are kind of skewed more toward biblical history as opposed to uh, American history. Well, they, they had that too, and they had some world history, but there were so many things when I graduated I didn't even know about. I felt a little cheated. Um, but my point is, is that when you have so much thrown at you, it, I, I have a personal belief, like as the Bible says, things in excess are a sin. Well, I think this can be too. It's a lot. And the reason why I say that is because it drives people away. It drives people away from dealing with their own personal issues or their life or other things that they want to do. Um, for me, uh, you know, my life was very, very church, church school, and that's how it was all the time. So when I got out and when I graduated, I kind of separated myself from the church. I went to college and um, tried to attempt to go to church around there. And and that was the other thing, too. The, <clears throat> I was seeing a lot of things in the church that I felt were more an agenda than actual preaching or trying to help Christians live their everyday lives. Um, I saw a lot of click type behavior. I saw a lot of behavior that was more driven by like the hierarchy as opposed to the, the actual congregation and stuff. And when that starts happening, I noticed that the numbers were dwindling in the church. Um, people just got turned off of it very quickly. And being someone who got turned off from having so much church and stuff like that, I could see it. You know, I could see it. And, and then, but the thing is, is you think maybe, you know, you go a generation ahead and you think things are going to change. No, they don't change. The same problems are still there. It's just the the next generation of people running the show. So it's the same type thing. And when I decided to go back to the church, um, that that was a major factor for me in choosing where I, went, where I was going to go because I didn't want to see that because that sort of thing drove me away. And I couldn't allow my brain to not think about that because I'm just too that way. You know, I... I I needed something that didn't have that and some, something that I could actually learn from and grow and try to be a better person and live a more Christian life. And I, um, I found that. I found that place. And they teach what I believe. And, I mean, every church there's going to be something that maybe tweaks you that maybe you don't agree with or whatever. But I'm talking about core doctrine things that are um, or what, what the, the philosophy behind the religion is all about. And so, um, and I'm grateful that I was able to find another church because, like I said, sometimes churches, they have an agenda of what they actually want to do. It's really not about helping your soul or helping your life. Um, it's, it's about something else. And, if it, and, and, and that's the time where you, you need to leave. You do need to leave because it doesn't exist everywhere. It exists in pockets everywhere, but within there, there's going to be peppered in those 
churches that are actually good and teach you and, and nourish you. My experience with the church is, you know, I've gone to church in Mount Pleasant. I've gone to church. I go to the Methodist Church here in Clarkston. And, you know, I don't have any bad opinions about my church because I don't go there all the time. I don't relate to you two in the fact that you guys grew up in the church and you went there all the time. I, I kind of, you know, go as a casual thing. It's Sunday, you know, I'm going to go to the church and, you know, see what's going on, see who I can see that are friends. And, you know, when, when, you're, when you're on the outside, you know, and, and you go there but like once or twice or three times a year, you can kind of, you know, get by, you know, avoiding the clicks, avoiding this, avoiding that, because... People don't remember you when you when you're you know not there every week you know and and so therefore it kind of gives you the ability to you know talk to you know other people or you know friends or you know I don't really have much experience in the church but you know you can you can get by you know without with avoid avoiding the uh, the clicks or the uh, the church funds, you know, being used the wrong way, because you don't you don't see it every day, you know. As Brent said, too much of anything is a bad thing. I agree with that. If you have too much of something, too much of anything, you know, can kill you. Too much of anything can kill you, you know. And that's why I wanted to create a show that was not only talking about, you know. God and the gospel of God, but also, you know, the, the frustration that we have with God, the, the, the hell aspect that we are put in sometimes on earth, you know, because life is not, you know, as the Jehovah's would preach, you know, a thousand years of peace, happiness, and, you know, just uplifting metaphysical, you know, soul being of, you know, eternal peace. I don't necessarily believe in that because, you know, you, you can't believe in that because if you believe in that, then you're forgetting, you know, the people who, who are in troubled times, you know. I used to have this theory that, you know, perhaps after 2012, everybody ascended and became a part of, you know, the hierarchy of, of heaven. And the ones left behind are the ones of, uh, you know, the, the ones that did did you know, evil in the sight of the Lord, and are the ones that, that were suffering. I thought this because I had such a negative amount of energy, you know, coming at me, you know, like every thought I had was just negative, 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 negative. And then I finally was able to see or, you know, follow that light. And it pulled me through to the other side after a good couple of years of just having negative thoughts and energy and not, not necessarily having faith in my God, but believing I would return to who I was in the past because of a personal issue, you know? I had a personal thing happen to me to where, you know, like a broken ankle or a broken arm, and it's like, you know, what, what happens to an athlete who tears an Achilles heel or tears something, you know, or an ACL? They, they, they want to get back. You know, they want to get back to, to the athlete they were before because they were doing so well, like Adrian Peterson or like, you know, some other athletes, you know, that, that had big injuries in the past, you know. And it may heal, but that becomes a part of you. The damages that happen to you become a part of you, and it builds you stronger for the future. You're built stronger because you had a personal connection with God that, you know, you may have not have had before when you had the connection with people of the church. And you having too much of the church atmosphere, you know, and needing an outlet to, uh, you know, to, to break away from, you know, too much of something that is drowning you in religion, you know, maybe your obstacle or your testament that you have to overcome is by, you know, 
I, I don't know your exact stance on whether or not, you know, you, you still love the church as much as, you know, going there all the time or whether or not, you know, you, you have to overcome the hatred that you have towards, you know, church 100% of the time to still, you know, follow and believe in, you know, the preaching of the church. It's the people. <clears throat> it's the people. I mean... Obviously, for myself, you know, I had to get away from the place that was pulling me down and brought to a place that brings me up. Um, and it's difficult when, you know, there's elements of the church that you like, and but, you know, the, the, the bad outweighs the good. Now, where I go now, the, the good outweighs the bad immensely. And, yeah, it took me some time to find it. Um, but it's... Uh, I'm glad that I did, you know, I, I felt that I needed to go back. I felt that I needed to grow and get back into the word and get back into being with, um, other believers that don't fall into that, that dangerous thing that was happening before, you know, it's a better place and, you know, for for you, you know, you say you go only uh, maybe a couple times a year or a few times or whatever, and you have that ability to disconnect yourself so you don't fall into those clicks or those pitfalls. But at the same time, it's a catch-22 because there's strength in numbers, and you want to have a, a solid church family behind you. You want to be able to when something is going on, you know, as Christians, we believe in the power of prayer. So I can remember, you know, prayer chains being started. Something bad's going on or something challenging is going on in a Christian's life. The people would get on the phone and they would start calling everybody that they knew that were in the church and, you know, asking to help, you know, just pray. Just pray. And that was it, you know, and, and there's a there's a sense of solidarity there. There's a, a, um, a good feeling that, you, you know, you're not in this alone. You have people that actually want to, wanna, who care about you and who want to pray so, with you, for you. So perhaps my problem was believing too much in, in, you know, the individual relationship with God and not enough with believing in, you know, assembly of the assembly of God, you know, and not exactly getting with the people of God to, to, to heal as a, as a people, you know, kind of like, you know, when one person falls down in a team, another person picks them back up, much like we're doing today. We're helping each other out. Um, so, you know, the, the, the assembly of God is something I avoided, and it goes back to trying to be perfect, you know. I, I want to have the perfect relationship with God, and I want to have, you know, this, you know, perfect sense of my life, my structure and everything. As humans, we try to be perfect, and we can never reach that perfection because, you know, as Christians and as, you know, followers of the Lord... We always have that opposition. We always have the hell trying to run us down, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they say uh, Satan is uh, fast. You know, he's like, he's fast. Like, he's just... And sneaky. Fast at work and sneaky, right? So, right, He'll when make... you were going through your uh, period in your life, maybe when you, when you were getting hit with constant negativity and you just couldn't shake it off, that could have been Satan just feeding stuff into your mind so that you could not shake it off and then potentially disconnect with your faith because that's what Satan wants you to do. I had a period in my life where I was just hit constantly with fear. I was afraid of death. Like, it, I was losing sleep. I couldn't function during the day because I had a fear of death in the afterlife all of a sudden out of the blue, and it lasted for a very long time. I was... Had to pray. I had. I was talking to actually. Speaking of why, why, why people come in certain times of your life, and you might not think of it in that moment. 
I found uh, like a quick position while I was in college, and it was like one of temporary job just to make some uh, ends meet and I ran across um, a guy he happened to always be on my shift and he was um, um, studying theology and I was happened happened to be reading uh, I think angels and demons at the time too because I was just trying to read about all types of stuff and plus the story is just interesting but I was just getting all types of information that I could in any book that I could possibly read that I can find about books about the Bible to just help me understand it because I was just trying to figure out why I was afraid of the afterlife and if there was any sort of hint of the afterlife somewhere that maybe I was missing um, but I honestly believe that he was put in my life because he just all of a sudden his presence and the way he just talked to me just calmed me down and brought me back to where I was before this fear hit me. So Satan was probably testing you at that point and then hopefully something, someone that you probably don't even realize probably came into your life with someone and just you shook him off and got back to where you were. Mine was uh, music. Mm-hmm. I found faith in music. Um, you know, like, I would just keep music on, on repetition. I, I would buy new music. I would listen to all the music. And it's like, you know, they say angels sing music, you know, like the voice of an angel or something, you know? And that, you know... I noticed that the music that helped me recover is not necessarily the music I listen to now. You know, it's like it was there for that time and it was, you know, relevant to me and it, and it motivated me then. But, you know, as I get older, my taste in music and, you know, what I like to listen to changes. You know, and our relationship with God changes all the time too. You know, um, we may ask for something and be demanding and in today's day and age where everything is, you know, right there at our fingertips and in the phones and on the computer, you know, everything basically that we want to find out, we, we can find out. Um, the only thing we can't find out is, you know, the theory of, well, I don't want to go there right now. We'll talk about that next week. The, the theory of, um, America's religion and what is America's religion after being established for 300 years you know basically you know 300 years now America's been around and America has this depiction of it as a, a new nation trying to formulate itself upon ancient mythology Greeks Romans Christianity trying to combine it all together to create the Amer- the religion of America. And, you know, I know for me, one big thing with America is, like, the superstardom. And now with Facebook, Twitter, and all these different online media accounts, we're all superstars. We're all, we all have our own profile. We all have our own, you know, identity online. And anybody who wants to access us has the ability to access us. So what I'm saying is, you know, the the formation of ourselves developing as, you know, individuals is important. But it's also important to maintain our individual self with connection to God, the church, and, you know... Also be aware of the sneakiness of the devil. You know, you see, you see, guys, you guys see how my thoughts sometimes are sporadic and they're they're all around, but they try to connect things. I look at that star poster right there, and I try to envision conversation topics, and then I try to connect. You know, I try to connect. You know, maybe the uh, the U R S A major to the Ursa major. The, yeah, <laughs> to the uh, to What's the R A U R I G A Agura? Agura? You know what? I don't know that one. I don't know. It just <laughs> it, to me it looks like brain signals. Ariga. 
Ariga. It looks like brain signals, you know, like connections in the brain, you know, like maybe the map of the stars is like the the connection of brain waves and you know, we all have, you know, our, our symbol of you know what we're born under, our zodiac sign. And perhaps, you know, us as individuals, and my theory of string theory is, is that, you know, how we interact with other people is based upon our day that we're born, based upon, you know, the date that we're born, based upon the, uh, the month and the, the symbols, and we're all stars in our own right, you know. So this may just seem like a, you know, little three-person radio show. But, you know, when it says on air and you're looking around and you're talking and you got the earth right there, you know, you, you never know who's listening. You know, it's like, you know, you, you have the opportunity to reach anybody in the entire world that has internet connection. And not only that, our thoughts carry frequency into the world around us. So what we say now may not be heard by somebody that's on NBC Nightly News but it may still affect them because it is the frequency of, of thought and of projection onto a recording device that's still out there and it creates mass. This talking is not necessarily mass, but it's a, it's a metaphysical object. It's, it's out there in the realm of the connections of thought and the connection of frequency. So that's just my opinion about, not my opinion, but just trying to get you guys a little bit of motivation for uh, the uh, season. Because I know, you know, we don't have a lot of listeners right now. We don't have a lot of stardom. But we have, you know, good personalities and we have good a good future if we keep this going. So um, what is your guys' thoughts about, you know, us each being a star in our own right? Um, well, if you're going to say that... I think it's pretty insignificant because the universe is endless. Star in the universe is just like our little space right here on the earth. It's just a little speck. It's, you know, it's trying to survive in this vastness, you know. Um, if we see ourselves as that. I know some stars shine brighter than others. Um, so I don't know how that plays in, but I don't know. To me, it seems like <clears throat> the way that social media and things that appear online have just created this, you know, instant gratification frame of mind with everybody. Um, you can, like you said, you can get anything you want right now. It, it makes me think, though, you know, I see this generation that's come out and they have all this information at their fingertips. It doesn't seem like anyone's really, really searching so much. And I say it, like, because you can go online and you can find out about something um, right now. But I think as quickly as you found it, same quickly you lose it. It's not like when I used to do research papers back when I was in high school or something where, I mean, I had to go to the library and I had to find ten sources or something. And it couldn't be all books. Sometimes I had to find magazines. I had to find, uh, you know, video or some sort of audio track. Um, it made you search more for what you wanted. And I think there's a, uh, a virtue in that because it's, I seem to have grasped and kept that information within me faster than I looked up something online. I just noticed that about myself, you know. Can, I, mean, can I add on to that? Yeah. Um, that's something I've noticed with people who are of older age, like my uncle, my grandma, and my dad. Their memories are more are stronger because, you know, you retain that information more now or, or more in the past from what you had then compared to how we retain information now because there's so much information. And to all of us right now, it goes in one ear and out the other ear. We, what we retain is, like you said, but a speck 
compared to, you know, how much information is being given to us. You know, having the past memory from, from years ago, I don't know what it was like in the 1980s. I don't know what it was like in the 1970s or even the 1950s. I don't know, you know, one event might have taken up, like, like Brent was saying, you know, a year compared to 10 days now, you know, and the amount of impact it has in somebody's life because what happens in today's day and age is everything is so fast. And if we want to tie it into Revelations, we can say the world's moving and our thoughts are moving at a, you know, at the at close to the speed of light. They say light cannot escape a dark hole, but if the dark hole is like this, you know, digital, you know, Siri or digital Cortana or something, this, this hole that's collecting all this data, how is there any way that we escape from the the so-called computer you know they say there was computers in ancient times and you know perhaps that was what you know technology that we got our hands on when something crashed um, I don't want to relate this too much to aliens or anything like that because I've been watching that a little bit but it's addicting uh, it is addicting <laughs> yeah um, so we, we have about four minutes left I'm not gonna end the show early like I did last week um, but I have thoughts on the on the stardom. Um, I had uh, when you said it with the stars and the stardom as it relates to us. I immediately thought of something that I heard. I think there was like a, a survey taken or some type of study that was done, and the they said that millennials, all millennials now is different from their their desires are different from generations before them. They crave to be famous. That's all they want for them success right now is just being famous and social media is that for them right now so that instant gratification of people following them or a million views or hundreds of likes that's what they are defining as successful and i don't want to say like all millennials everywhere but based on that study the majority of them are craving that being famous and the instant gratification from social media so that's what I think about when when people talk about like being a star and the stardoms and how you were bringing that and tying it all together, and I think that's somewhat kind of true because I think there's so many like YouTube stars up there and Instagram stars and people are getting reality shows because they have X amount of followers now. So I just thought that was pretty interesting. With the amount of listens or the amount of likes or the amount of statements that somebody reads, the impressions on Twitter or anything like that. You know, that, that is received, you know, physically. If it's not received physically, what we're doing in, you know, the frequency of things, Brent, what do you think has a greater impact? The, the actual physical, you know, reception of, you know, reading something on Twitter or getting a thousand likes or watching something on YouTube compared to, you know, the, the, the undercover behind the scenes not as well known, you know, does that have any significance? Sure. It's called experience. Because if you're just going to take that story that you just popped up and you're going to have all kinds of emotion with it, why don't you look into it a little more? You know, that underlying thing. For example, um, it was, and today's a good day for it, being April Fool's, uh, there was a thing that popped up on Facebook this morning. It was talking about the group Daft Punk, one of the biggest electronic bands in the world, announced a 25-date tour. Now, these guys haven't toured in 10 years. You know, they're very reclusive and stuff like that. Everything they do is very secretive, but they announced this big 25, you know, tour, city tour. And, you know, people are going, oh, I'm going to see him here. Oh, I'm going to see him here. Then you look at, like, people just saw that, the big ad, and everyone's like liking it, liking it, liking it, and, and thinking it's great. Hardly anybody went inside to read the actual dates of the show. I mean, one of the dates was September 31st. September doesn't have 31 days. It's got 30 days. You start looking at it, and there's like all these fake places, like with the word fool in it. Okay? So 
it's just a perfect example. It's like you had to do the underlying, you know, research to find out exactly that it was a big April Fool's joke. But many people out there, they see that story, they run with it, they send it to their friends without even reading it. It's just the headline, you know? That's the impact. Here's here's something to... I agree with that. That That's something that people don't even notice sometimes on April Fool's Day. The... Uh, we're at an hour right now, but I just want to share this just because I just did this the other day. I created a team on the show, uh, an MLB t- an MLB team. They're called the Smoking Joes, and they're the uh, they're called the Jokers. Detroit Wilmington Smoking Joes. That's truth. That's a truth statement. Um, but we have we're at we're at an hour right now. You guys want to cap off with uh, anything? Happy birthday, Brent! Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's Brent's birthday. It is my birthday. He's going to go get lit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you can send money. That's preferred. Um, I'll give you the address after the show. Uh, no, but thank you, Kat. I appreciate that. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate that. All right, well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Episode, And we will be back next week. Um... Sundays at noon, so keep it tuned right now. You're listening to JCHW Radio on Mixcloud.